Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. When it comes to the subject of faith, it's very important to define what faith is. And there are, of course, many definitions that people have that are pretty good descriptions about what faith is, what the word means, and what it implies. I personally believe that faith can be best defined by describing it as our response to something that has been revealed to us. And in the context of the scriptures and having faith in our God, who is testified of in the scriptures, I believe that our faith in God is described as our response to the truth that our God has revealed to us. And so when I talk about faith and our faith in our God or our faith in the gospel, our faith in general, that's what I'm referring to, is I'm referring to our response to the truth that has been revealed. And what I mean by a response is not to just go out and do a bunch of religious works. That's certainly not what I mean. What I mean is is that when we live our daily lives, when we go out into the world and we engage with the world in our job or in the supermarket or when we go and visit other friends. That's what I'm referring to is when we live our daily lives, we live our daily lives in response to the truth that has been revealed. And so if something has been revealed to you by your God, then when you make your decisions, when you make your choices, if there is an opportunity for that truth to have an influence concerning the choices and decisions that you make, then you decide to allow it to have that influence and let your belief be reflected in your life. And so as additional truth is revealed to an individual, as additional truth is revealed by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of our God to his children, we anticipate that over time maturity can be described as a reflection of the truth that has been revealed as a person expresses that in their daily lives in the decisions that they make, that that would be an expression of their faith. In most cases, people are thinking that if you have faith, then you will do works of righteousness. And that's not really what I believe. What I believe is, is that the works that you do will be done under the influence of the truth that has been revealed. And the degree of your faith can be measured by the magnitude of influence that you permit when you are living your daily life. So when it comes to faith, I believe it is our response, or that it can be fully understood and described in terms of our response to what is revealed. In Hebrews chapter 11, we have many people who are described as people of faith. And Noah was referred to in verse 7. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it is written, By faith Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. What he did was build an ark. This was in response to our God speaking to him about building an ark, and this was described in Genesis chapter 6. In Genesis chapter 6, beginning in verse 5, it says that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart 
was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. The Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made him. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And then as you continue to read in Genesis chapter 6, beginning in verse 11, it says, Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Then God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them, and behold, I am about to destroy them with the earth. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. You shall make the ark with rooms and shall cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you shall make it. And then he goes on and gives him instructions concerning how he wants the ark to be built and the fact that he's going to bring animals to the ark and so the animals can survive on the water with Noah and, of course, Noah's wife and his three sons and his three sons' wives. Now, of course, the important thing that I want to describe here is the fact that Noah responded, that Noah did receive the word from the Lord, and he responded to that word. The Lord told him he's going to flood the earth and that Noah needs to build a boat, gave him instructions concerning how to build it, and so Noah responded, and he built it. And because he responded to the truth that was revealed to him, he is described as a man of faith. He is not described as a man of faith because he went out into the villages and told people that the judgment of God was coming and that everybody should build their own arks. He didn't do that. He didn't go out and perform a bunch of good works for people with hope that he would inspire them to become good people like he was. It's not what he did. His faith was not reflected in his works of righteousness or his works of obedience in the sense of loving his neighbor or not defrauding anyone. That's not the description that we have. The description that we have is that the Lord told him to build a boat, and so he built a boat. And building a boat is not something that we have listed anywhere in the Law of Moses. The Lord Jesus never spoke to his disciples concerning building boats. This is something that's unique. It is unique to the individual. And it's not the work that is important. What is important is that Noah heard and Noah responded. And because of that, he was recognized to be a man of faith. So likewise today, we don't evaluate the condition of our faith or the quality of our faith by the things that we do or the things that we don't do. We can measure it in terms of our response to the truth that has been revealed to us. And the fact that it is represented in the works that we do is certainly important. But that is not what determines our righteousness. Our righteousness before our God was determined by our belief, by our trust, not by our actions that were reflective of our belief and of our trust. I really want to make that distinction clear because while it is very important to see the fulfillment and the reality of our faith as it is expressed in our lives, That's not the righteousness that the Lord is referring to. He is referring to the righteousness of belief, of actually believing him. That is what establishes our right standing with our God. It is our believing him and trusting him. If we truly do, then of course we would naturally expect it to be revealed in our daily life, in the decisions that we make. With Noah, it was revealed from him actually building the boat. Absolutely. But our righteousness was established 
only by our believing and trusting in our God. Now, it's very interesting to me concerning Noah that he would be listed as a man of faith, a man of righteousness, is that his testimony before the people about his God apparently didn't have much of an effect on the people around him. That's very interesting to me because sometimes we can easily be consumed with the responses that people give. I sometimes get lost in things like that where I am so concerned about people truly believing and trusting in the Lord that I forget about the importance of just simply testifying of the Lord and allowing people to make their own decisions and allowing our God to do a work in this world independently of me, if necessary, in order to reach out to people. That it certainly is not about me and it's not about other people. It's about my God that I believe and trust in him. And regardless of the outcome of the choices and the decisions that I make, That, in and of itself, is what is important. That is what is important. And so, when Noah was building the ark, no one, apparently no one, believed the testimony of Noah. Noah worked on this ark for a long time. He worked on this ark for about 120 years. I mean, just imagine what it would be like for you if you were a minister of the gospel, to a certain extent, in the sense that you were actively telling people about the Lord Jesus. And let's say that you did it for 120 years. And you, of course, put out a lot of effort to tell people about the true and living God for 120 years, and yet no one ever believed your message. How would that make you feel? I mean, would that make you feel like a failure? Would that make you feel depressed in some ways? Consider what I'm doing right now. With the radio broadcast ministry that I have, there are many people who listen to this radio broadcast, and there, of course, is a percentage of people who listen to this program who would not consider themselves to be Christians. I think it's very helpful for people to be informed concerning that. Those of you who are listening to this program who are Christians, perhaps you might consider supporting the work that I'm doing in order to continue this effort to reach out to people who are Christians. It certainly would be very helpful of those who are hearing who are not Christians, and of those who are hearing who are Christians, regardless of the condition that you are in, have you been personally benefiting from the work that I've been doing? I would hope so. If not, then I would encourage you to spend your time doing something else a little bit more constructive. But it turns out that many people do benefit from the work that I'm doing, and they let me know, and I hear from people On a regular basis, at least every day, somebody, if not several people, contact me and let me know that their lives have been relatively changed or seriously changed, dramatically changed. There is, of course, variation in the testimonies that I receive, but I get a lot of feedback from people, believers, and also some unbelievers who say that they have really benefited from the work that I have done, and they are really thankful for that. But what would happen if I never received any feedback at all? What would happen if nobody ever responded? What would happen if nobody benefited at all? And in addition to that, nobody informed me that they weren't benefiting. What would happen if all the work that I am doing was of no value, really, to anyone, except perhaps an opportunity for humor? What would that be like for me? How would I cope with that? How would I deal with that? Would I look at that and see myself as a total failure? What would happen if no one benefited? What would that be like for me? 
Well, if no one benefited, then perhaps it would start to dig at me a little bit that I'm doing all of this work and nobody's benefiting from it. However, I would still have to consider, did the Lord direct me to do this? Did he tell me to do this or did he not tell me to do this? And what's important to understand is that if he did not tell me to do this, then maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore. But if he did tell me to do this, or if he tells me to continue doing this, and he doesn't give me any guidance or any instruction or encouragement to stop, then I'm going to continue to do it. I would like to think that I would continue to do it, even though people are not benefiting from it, because I do it because the Lord told me to. I have responded to the directive that the Lord has given me, personally and individually. And if I do that, then I can do so with confidence. But when it came to Noah, he effectively proclaimed to the people around him for 120 years that there was going to be a flood that was going to destroy them. And nobody believed his testimony. Nobody believed his testimony of the living God. He testified of the true and living God. The Lord revealed himself to Noah. He revealed the truth to Noah that he was going to destroy the earth and everyone on it. And Noah responded to that truth, and in his response he testified of the true and living God, and yet through his testimony, no one else believed him. No one else believed him. And I consider that to be very interesting, and I would like to ask Noah one day, how did he deal with that? How did he cope with that? What did he think when he was working on this ark, knowing that nobody was believing him? Nobody was believing his testimony, but instead I would expect that he would have been receiving a lot of ridicule while he was working on that boat. And how did he feel concerning that? Did he ever think about giving up on occasion? I wonder about this sometimes, and I look forward to seeing Noah and asking him about this, because his testimony would have been very profound to the people who were around him. When you think about the reason why the Lord decided to destroy all these people, The reason why he decided to destroy everyone was because of their corruption, their violence, because they were living in what we would call an unholy way. And certainly people have been like that ever since. But I do believe that this was one time where the Lord did make an official announcement, and through it he provided a lot of evidence to show throughout the rest of the generations that we have had and that we will have here on earth that his judgment will be executed that he will make decisions concerning these matters and that it is something that we should definitely be aware of and we should take very seriously. But the reason why people behaved that way and why they continue to behave the same way today is because they're empty, is because they do not have their God indwelling within them, guiding and leading them. That's why we were created by our God to be empty, to be unfulfilled, And many people pursue things like this out of a desire to find fulfillment in their hearts in some way. And if they do not have access to the only one who can meet these needs, then they're going to have to turn to the world and turn to all kinds of things in the world. Things that we would consider to be good as well as evil in order to try and deal with the emptiness that we have. Only to discover, of course, that there is nothing in this world that is good All that we consider to be good in this world is not going to be adequate to fulfill the deepest needs of our heart, and certainly the evil stuff is not going to help either. But while Noah was building this boat, he was testifying to all these people that what they were doing was evil. He was testifying to them that God was going to pass judgment on them, and no one believed. 
No one believed the testimony of Noah of the living God who testified to Noah that that was certainly what the Lord was going to do. But in the midst of that, the testimony still went forth. It still went out into the world. And so everyone would have been informed and no one would have had an excuse. And certainly news of this would have gone around. I mean, people are often looking for something to talk about and somebody building a big boat claiming that the end of the world is coming would definitely make it to the news. People would definitely find that to be something to speak about, to talk about, and they would use it as an opportunity for humor, I'm sure, as they would be talking about Noah and ridiculing him while he was building this thing. But just like Noah, we also today live in a very similar way. If you are a Christian, if you are somebody who believes in the living God and that the Lord Jesus is the one who has made the provision for your sins so that you can begin to have a relationship with your God through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, if you're somebody who believes that, then your very presence in the lives of the people who you interact with, when you live your life, you are involved in their lives, and your existence is a testimony of your God. And you testify to these people that there is a God, just because you believe. Now, of course, I'm assuming that they know that you are a believer, and in general, these things do eventually become known, whether you are highly evangelistic in your environment or not. There have been many occasions when I've been involved with other people at various work sites, and on some occasions, I have spoken aggressively about my beliefs, and in other occasions, I've hardly spoken at all. But regardless of how aggressive or non-aggressive or how direct or indirect I have been, I have always noticed that people have been able to figure out at some point, in some way, that I am definitely unique and that I have some distinct beliefs and that I believe in a God, specifically the God who is testified of in the Bible. And because of that, quite often people will feel condemned, just as I believe the people around Noah felt condemned. They feel condemned because of the conviction, the conviction of the Holy Spirit in their lives. The Holy Spirit is here in the world testifying of the true and living God, convicting the world of sin, the sin of unbelief in the Lord Jesus, the sin of not believing in the truths that have been revealed about him. The Holy Spirit is testifying of the righteousness of God and the judgment of God that is coming. And if we are his representatives, then just our presence alone will be confirmation of that truth because we believe it. And this is a testimony that is very condemning towards other people. And you have to be cautious concerning this. Not cautious in the sense that you should be worried about condemning people, but cautious in the sense that you should be aware that people are going to feel this way, that there are occasions when people are not going to feel very comfortable with your presence. And they can respond in various ways. They can make a joke out of it. That's one way of dealing with it. Or they can be very direct and let you know that they just hate the fact that you exist. And they may wish that the Lord will come and present another flood and drown you instead of them this time. And so you can be wiped off of the face of the earth and perhaps go to heaven and they can just stay right here. People have those kinds of beliefs. And so your existence, your presence will be condemnation towards other people because there is a testimony of your God that is revealed, and that testimony is that he takes these things seriously. He really does. 
I believe that's why the writer of the letter to the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, says that about Noah. Again, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world, and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. I don't believe he became an heir of the righteousness because he condemned the world. He became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith, in the sense that he became an inheritor. He received the righteousness because of his belief in his God. He became an heir of the righteousness. He became an heir of the right standing or the holiness of God because he believed his God. Now, this is a very important premise. You see, our holiness, our righteousness... Our position with our God, our relationship with our God has never had anything to do with our ability to control the sin in our lives. It never has. It never had with these people. It doesn't today, and it won't in the future. Before the law was given, there were people, Noah, Enoch, Abraham, who were identified as being righteous before their God, not because of their repentance and obedience, but because they believed their God. And today, we believe our God. If we believe the truth, if you believe the truth, then you truly believe in the true and actual living God. But if you don't believe the truth that he has revealed, you may use his name. You may claim to be his. But if you don't really believe the real truth, you believe something that you think is true but is actually a lie, it's just as bad as believing a lie, and you are not righteous. You are not holy. You are not one of his. I mean, you may be. He, of course, will be making these decisions in the end. I'm certainly very thankful about that, and I'm sure you are too. My point is, though, that I'm trying to make is that they received a right standing with their God and they experienced a relationship with their God independent of repentance and obedience. And so also today, we also obtain a relationship with our God because of his obedience, not because of ours. We become an heir of righteousness because of what he has done for us and because we respond to the truth that he has already done it all for us. It is because we believe the truth that he doesn't hold our sins against us. We believe the truth that he has given to us, the Holy Spirit who will indwell within us permanently. It is because of these truths that we are recognized as being righteous. And our faith is our living response to these truths so that we also today live as a testimony of our God. You see, these people in Hebrews chapter 11 are not listed with the intent of encouraging you to live in such a way that you also may be listed in something like this. They are listed because they testified of their God. It is the testimony of our God that is important. And I do pray that you also will continue to live and testify of your God by living your life in response to what he has revealed to you. When it came to the Hebrews at the time when this letter was written, the Hebrews did not really believe the truth that the Lord Jesus died for all of their sins, that he had reconciled them to himself, no longer counting their sins against them, that he was no longer looking at them in the midst of their sinfulness. 
The Hebrews did not really believe that. They did not embrace that at that time. And this was evident when you look at the record given to us in the book of Acts, when you see the struggles that they had, when you see the discussions and the debates that they were having with the Apostle Paul and with Barnabas concerning issues of the law, that they were not really believing in the truth that had been revealed to them concerning the Messiah, that the sin issue had come to an end so that they could live their daily lives being loved by their God, being embraced by their God, being led in their daily lives by their God. They had not yet truly embraced that. And I sincerely believe that the purpose for Hebrews chapter 11 was not to just give us something to aspire to or to give us something that we would look at and that we would want to try and be like them. I mean, I can certainly appreciate the value of being a living testimony of our God and responding to the truth that he has revealed. That's not what I'm referring to. What I'm referring to is the fact that people may envy Others who lived their lives previously, not realizing that they have a unique life before them. You have a unique life before you right now because of what he's done for you and because of what he has given to you, which is greater, much greater than what the people that were described in Hebrews chapter 11 received. They lived on the basis of a promise that had not yet been fulfilled. That promise has now been fulfilled, and we now live on the basis of the fulfillment of that promise, in light of that promise, that we have a new life before us because of that. And the Hebrews were not truly walking in the new life that was presented before them in Christ Jesus. They were still trying to live a life of obedience to the commandments, of obedience to the law, living a life of repentance and obedience, not recognizing that there is an entirely different way of life a different way of living that is completely independent and separate from all of that. The testimony of Noah was clear, that the Lord will pass judgment on those who want to live a life according to what is good and evil, and the judgment will always be against them because no one will ever do what is good, certainly not enough that would be adequate so that they would not experience the judgment of God. And the Hebrews did not fully embrace that. It was not revealed in what they believed. It was not expressed in their daily life. And I believe that the examples the writer chose were given for the purpose of encouraging people to know that there is something beyond just living a life according to what is good and evil. And I will continue in the next broadcast. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net thank you man.